You're listening to Joy Goggles, a show where we discuss real issues from the perspective of our real God, hosted by your favorite sisters, Angela Flake and Jewel Ford. In today's episode, we kick off our relationship series by discussing polygamy and singleness in the Christian community. Let's get it. Welcome. Hello, hello, everyone. We are excited for another episode of Joy Goggles. Yes, I wish you could see us. We really orchestrate that song. Yes, I wish you really could see us, mainly because I am sporting a Christmas shirt. Y'all, she (laughs) she popped in my room this morning, excited about her whole life. She is wearing a reindeer shirt. It is, it's really adorable. And it's sparkly. It's sparkly. And the reindeer has these magical eyelashes. You should have saw her pajamas. She's got some amazing Santa pajamas. I'm ready. She's ready. I'm ready. I don't really celebrate Halloween. Um, I enjoy other people's festivities. But when it comes to myself, once you hit fall, it's really time for the holidays. And I know people say, don't skip Thanksgiving, but what do you want me to wear? Like a mashed potato and turkey shirt? That's not as fun. Yeah, no, but I feel like Thanksgiving wear is all about the fashion. But when you even say Thanksgiving wear, it makes me think of your table setting. (laughs) 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 Like you just dress like a big pumpkin, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. We don't really say that. See, that's what you call the fall days. When what? you wear all of the cozy, um, some people wear Uggs, some people just wear like little booties and you have the scarves and the sweaters and you have pumpkin spice, everything. That's the fall days. Fall days. Okay. I kind of like that. Yeah. It's a thing. Google okay, it. It's sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. It's almost November, y'all. Can you believe it? I don't like it, and I love it all at the same time. Yes. Like, I'm really excited to roll into fall. It's so beautiful here in Dallas because the weather finally cools off. Yes. Um, but I do reminisce about Oregon and the beautiful leaves. Yes. And I just want to go down Notch Street. Oh. Yeah, or through the Columbia River Gorge because, you know, oh, it's yeah. already it's just... surrounded by trees. So there's some areas where you drive through a tunnel of trees. You guys know what I mean when I say that, that you just happen mm. to be in a neighborhood where the trees overtake yeah. um, the street. So when you look up and around, all you see is trees. Imagine those, these beautiful burnt oranges and reds and golds. It's it absolutely is, gorgeous. It's a, a touch of magic. I love it. It is. It is a touch of magic. Well, I'm really excited just to wear boots. So I'm more on the fashion side of it. I'm loving that the weather's cooling down, and that means I'm transitioning into fall wear. And I realize that's my comfort spot. If you think like Jewel and what she fashion, like what she likes to wear, that's what I like. I like oversized coats and jackets and sweaters and big socks and boots and yeah. That's totally you. That, yeah, it's totally me. And so I'm coming into that season, and I'm, I'm really pumped about that. Meanwhile, I still have the air conditioning on. I turn it off at some point. Something but is wrong with her, Especially y'all. when I go to sleep. I know that there are people who are like me that you need to sleep in cool environments. That's it's true. It's scientifically proven that that's how you should sleep. That is true. I keep my fan 
but I only keep one fan on. I feel like Angela has like the air conditioning on, the ceiling, the fan, ceiling fan, and, and she has a personal fan. fan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that is a lot. Yes, absolutely. And I was told by one of my family members that you need to marry someone who has simple, a similar temperature as you. I don't believe that's completely true <laughs> because I know there's many arguments that's probably been had over the thermostat. Mm-hmm. Um, usually the women probably win, but um, I'm very grateful that my boyfriend also likes it cool. So that's something for us to look forward to yeah. in the future. We can both sleep in Eskimos. It'll be great. <laughs> Speaking of which, today is his birthday. Oh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, brother. We love you so much. And I know you won't hear this for a while, but just know that we love you and continually thinking about you. Yes, indeed. And happy birthday to all the fellow Scorpios out there. Hootie hoo. I know. Right, there are several. There are several of my friends who also share this birthday. One is my lovely friend um, and sister from another, Mister Margot, who lives in Sweden, and so she listens all the way from Sweden. And so, if you hear this, happy birthday! Happy birthday! And last shout out would be to our girl Amori, one of our besties. She has a birthday this month too. Yes, and we're really excited about it. Her birthday's next week. Yes. Crazy. Foot, foot. Well, here we are. Another episode. Can Another you believe it? Another episode. So I actually want to start off by talking about this video <laughs> that we looked at okay. the other day. Anjali, do you remember the video that was about um, sologamy? Is oh, that my saying it right? I think it's sologamy. Sologamy. Yeah. Sologamy. Y'all, so sologamy, has anyone heard of this? It's about... Or what it is, it's when you marry yourself. Yeah. And you're therefore practicing sologamy. Yeah. When I watch this, this is no disrespect. Actually, if you are listening to this and you are a sologamist, I even feel weird saying this. A sologamist. Get it solo, solo, like the solo cup. Solo, meaning single and Egamy. So, sologamy, okay, meaning okay. only one. Come on, right? So, if you are listening to this and you are a sologamist, contact us. We'd love to have you on our show. I really would love to. But I'm just going to say, for me and my own perspective, that's the beauty of having your own show. You get to choose the perspective. Yeah. I could not understand this concept. I couldn't uh-huh. get behind it. This yeah. idea of um, things aren't really working out in my own world. Um, so I'm going to marry myself as a public act to say, I don't need a partner, um, in order to make me happy. I can make myself happy and commit to self-love. That's interesting. So do you think, I feel like by you saying that, do you think it's more about like proving to other people that like, I am okay versus just saying like, I really do want to actually celebrate the love that I have for myself. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like there's a small difference between like, I am doing this to show all of you that you don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. We yeah. saw interviews where that's basically what they were saying. They were tired of people asking them, so when are you going to get married? Jewel and yeah. I come from the single uh, side of things, right? And whenever I talk about singleness, I come from the biblical Christian perspective of being unmarried. Yeah. Um, where in society, they look at it whether you have a partner, romantic partner or not. 
And while I am on the side of romantic partner, we still are unmarried. So I, if anything were to happen to him or to me, we would legally have no claim mm -hmm. to one another. And even if I could speak transparently, even where he is now, I only have certain access to him because I am not considered immediate family. Yeah. And we've even questioned this idea of do we get married while he's where he is just so that I could have certain rights and mm -hmm. um, abilities to see him and to touch him. I haven't touched him in three years. And um, so if we got married, that would be a perk is that we'd get a contact visit, meaning I could hug him. <laughs> wow. um, you wow. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but also, if anything were to happen to him medically, if anything were to go wrong with his account, I could have some of those more in-depth conversations that I yeah. couldn't have as his, I'm just listed as his friend in the records, because it's basically friend, mother, sibling, um, I think spiritual uh, influence. Like, there's only certain levels that they even identify. Yeah. I don't think I had ever thought about the idea of multiple definitions of singleness until you had brought that up and until this season of life, but there are many, right? So yeah. not only are there different types of relationships, um, but then there's also the definitions within the singleness, right? So you're single, um, divorced, single, widowed, you're single in the church, but maybe not in the eyes of the world. Yeah. Or do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's so much. You're single, never married. Never married, right? right? But then there's also, and that's typically what government forms usually ask you. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you are single, but in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It's complicated. <laughs> it is complicated. <laughs> and so I would understand why someone, now I have to say, this was a trend that I saw in a lot of the people who claimed polygamy. They were over 30. And a lot of them nearing Like over 35. 40. Yeah. Yeah. Nearing 40. Yeah. And so... I couldn't help but to wonder, is this one of those things of time is not on my side, I'm not as young as I used to be, mm -hmm. I was in a committed relationship that I thought was going somewhere and it didn't, that really broke me, mm -hmm. it took me to a place that I didn't like, mm -hmm. so I saw how resilient I became, and uh, none of these people came from a Christian perspective, none of them mentioned God, yeah. and all of the people that we in those researched interviews in we the... Saw. Uh, f for polygamists. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't Christian polygamists out there. We just didn't encounter them in our limited research. And so, if, again, if you are a Christian polygamist, certainly we want to hear We want from to you. know more. We want to know more. And it's not to um, make you feel less than or any of those things. It's just to learn more. We really want Joy Goggles to be a place of exposing you to new thoughts and ideas and to shed light on things that we may not understand, but is real life for people. This was a new one. Yes, it definitely this was. This was definitely a new one. But the weird part is I feel like I've dabbled in polygamy thought. Yes, so I agree. I, so when I was, um, man, I think I was 18, um, 18 or 19 years old, me and one of my best friends, we went to the beach and we were like, we're going to get tattoos. And... It was back when I was piercing and tattooing everything. Um, and one of the tattoos I got was a ring on my ring finger. And for me, it was like, I want it to symbolize that first I have to love myself before I 
allow anyone to try to love me or before I give love away, which was a kind of an interesting thing for me to come to because at 19, I had not dated anyone. I had never been in a relationship. Yeah. Like, it was really interesting. I don't know why I was having such feelings about um, how to be loved and how to love, but that's what the, the ring symbolizes. I hate this thing now, though. <laughs> I hate it so much. Like, I wish I would have never Why gotten it. Why do you it. hate it so much? For Well, number one, I just don't think it's um, extremely well done. Uh, just because of its location and my skin coloring, it has to be really small, and that ink started to bleed together. Tattooing is a whole, that's a whole other episode, y'all. Um, number two, everyone asks me, oh, are you married? And I'm like, God, I didn't really take that into account that people actually do do that when they get married. Mm -hmm. So now people think I'm married and I'm out here going, no, I'm not, please holler at me. <laughs> and that's interesting that you said yeah. that because when I was single, people, I would always wear, uh, well, I am still single, but see, it's when I was complicated, y'all. Yeah, but when I was younger, I know Chris gets upset with me when I say that, but I just strictly mean legally government eyes, you know what I mean? but And maybe biblically. Yeah, and definitely biblically. Biblically, like. Definitely. But I used to wear rings that I got on my ring finger. And yeah. I think that was speaking to something greater of a desire that I had was mm -hmm. to be married. And um, I was, one of my uncles told me, he said, you shouldn't wear anything on your ring finger because for many guys, that's a stop sign before they even get close mm -hmm. enough to approach you. They look at the ring finger and I never thought of it that way. I just thought it looked rings look nice on my right side, <laughs> on my left side, yeah. left hand. And so that's very interesting that you would say that because I remember when I first asked you about your tattoos, first thing you were like, it was eye roll. It was so dramatic. <laughs> like, oh, I hate this thing. Oh. I don't and I was like thinking, it. Like, why do you even have it? Like what? That's why. <laughs> That's why. I, I'm going to say it was my polygamy phase. Yeah. You know, where I just really wanted something to symbolize that like I, I guess maybe I come first yeah. type thing. So I have to be content and be married um, to myself first. Um, and I think it was a way of like licking wounds, honestly, because even though I was super young, right? It's not like I wanted to be married at 19. I was just never that girl that had relationships. I never had anyone like me or at least approach me that I know of in high school, you know? Um, and I think I, I wanted that and kind of mourned that a little bit. Yeah. And so this was my way of like, need any of that you've got to love yourself first type of thing right I un so I understand the mentality behind it would I ever have a, a wedding no especially right now I no. like that's puzzling to me one of these ladies had a $20,000 wedding absolutely to not to herself and so imagine for those of you who are still trying to understand the concept imagine walking down the aisle while down the aisle there's someone escorting you a mom a dad someone that you really care about and they are taking you to the altar where the officiant is waiting for you and there's a mirror where a bride or a groom would stand and oh, yeah. and then so when you get down to the altar and you go to stand before the officiant 
you are also standing in front of the mirror. So you really are married in front of yourself. yourself. Yeah, in front of man, you know, all of your friends and loved ones who are there to support you. So here are my questions. Okay. What do you then consider yourself? Do you still consider yourself married? Do you consider yourself single? And also, what happens if later on you want to um, date someone or someone proposes to you? Do you have to divorce yourself? <laughs> I think so because there's, I mean, there's nothing legal right? set up, it's right? It's not so a when legal pe- ceremony. So when people do this, are they also professing that I am the one for the rest of my life? Uh, I'm not sure. That would be a good question for them. I'd be curious if there were any silicomists that got married. I'm not sure. And you know what this really takes me to is a larger spiritual issue, right? Mm. Because anytime that you need to go to something like polygamy, that means there is some type of deficiency in your walk with Christ as a Christian. Let's talk about Christian perspective. Okay, okay. I can't really speak to a secular perspective because I... As a Christian, I have to look at everything through Christ, right? We mm-hmm. even talk about Joy's goggles, mm-hmm. looking through things through the lens of Christ. Yeah. And so when somebody says that I'm committed to myself, I'm devoted to myself, even that, soligamy is a sin. When you think about that. Because yeah. we should be a bride of Christ. Right. And not to say that you aren't to love yourself. This is not what this is. If you're talking about encouragement, yeah. you're talking about empowerment, definitely. But all of that, even when you empower yourself, still needs to point back to who you are in Right. Christ. We are not to be the focus of our life, even me. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I am not to just be the centerpiece of my life. It should be Christ, and it should be what his agenda is. And yes. hopefully it is the loving of other people yes. as opposed to the loving of myself. Um, but I do think it is important. You're right. It does not mean that I don't have a self, a healthy sense of who I am. Right. Right. Like we, we want people to have a healthy sense of who they are and that should be um, acknowledged and you should feel vibrant in your skin. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the issue when two single people get together to become a dating couple is that they haven't done the internal work that's needed in order to show up well mm. and fully within a relationship. Yeah, that's Therefore, real. you have two broken, wounded people trying to find comfort and the answer in one another when they haven't done whatever needs to be done mm-hmm. in themselves. And that's what ends up with toxic relationships or mm-hmm. the person who's going from relationship to relationship or sex is the answer because it's something that's kind of numbing to it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's yeah. so many things that you could talk about within um, relationships. But if we're just talking about as a single person, someone who may desire to be married or may not. You yeah. know, it's, they're saying that millennials, fewer millennials are actually getting married, which is a conversation all in itself, yeah. right? Yeah. But the people who, let's just talk about people like you and I, you and I, people who desire to be married. <laughs> Excuse me. People who desire to be in a family. Yeah. Yeah. But they are also trying to figure out how they fit. How do they fit in this ultimate dialogue that we're having with right relationship with Christ first with ourselves yeah and then with other people I think that's worth 
a discussion because I don't think, I'm not sure if we do a good job of really thinking about what we need as single people before we get into relationships and before we get into um, marriages, you know, and the fact that you have to continue to do the work. So I think often, even if you are thinking like, okay, I know that I need to work in these particular areas of my life before jumping into this relationship, most people will work on that, get into relationship, and then stop working on it. Mm Singleness, I remember a pastor, I remember hearing someone, a pastor say this, that singleness is something that you always have to come back to. So even in your marriage, at some point, you will need to come back to working on being single, even while you're married. Yeah. Meaning I still need to work on being Jewel Ford, even as Jewel Scott, I don't know who I'll be. Mm-hmm. I hope my last name is a little bit more fun than that. Um, like random, Google blogger? Yeah, like random secret, y'all. So I'm I'm a Ford. I really want a funky kind of last name. Joel Maserati. Okay. Joel <laughs> Bonfiglio. Okay. Uh, Why would you do that to yourself and your children? <laughs> really? <laughs> Bonfiglio? Bonfiglio? I don't... That's a real name. It's Italian, I then think. Then you'll be spending know. the rest of your life saying, no, uh, you are saying Fliblegle, but it's really from Biglio. Uh, Y'all yeah, would be surprised me. how my name will still confuse people. It's Jewel. It's not until I spell it that people are like, oh, like jewelry. I'm like, what were you hearing? <laughs> what? What were you hearing? <laughs> I digress. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. But I hope you have a really cool married last name. Thank you. Welcome back. So, Jewel, I'm excited. Okay. It is time for our relationship series. Ah! I'm excited, too, about this. I'm really excited. So, we had... Earlier on, we had some suggestions about relationships, and we wanted to consider about what approach we would take to it because there's so many elements of relationships that you could touch on. Right topic, but for the sake of this initial series, and we'll revisit this at some point in the future, we wanted to look at um, singleness. Mm -hmm. We wanted to look at singles from singleness from the perspective of females from a male and from someone who is now single after divorce and then we are going to have a interview from someone from a couple who is married as a millennial and so we are excited for you guys to just come on this journey with us and you may agree with some of the things that we say you may disagree with some things that we say we'd love to hear it regardless um, social media is always a great way to get in touch with us. Instagram, Joy Goggles Podcast, Facebook, Joy Goggles Podcast. We just want to hear from you. So if you hear something, you are like, yes, I completely agree. Or no, I hadn't thought about that. Or no, you guys are way off base. We want to hear about it. So today we're really just going to talk a little bit more about our singleness perspective, Joel and I. And uh, next week you get to hear from... Um, one of our cousins who is single as a male and his perspective as well. I can't wait for you guys to 
be able to chime in on that conversation. Yes. It's pretty cool. I'm really excited. And you guys, seriously, even though we're two women, men, if you are listening out there, please feel free to jump in. I feel like it is the, um, it's the one space that I don't get to hear from. Yeah. And when it comes to this topic, um, and churches are, I feel like the primary reason for that, honestly. Um, I feel like when I go to singles events at churches, it's always women. Have you noticed that, Ange? Yeah, definitely. It's like always women at the table. I don't know why they struggle to get men in the room. At one point, I was like, do men see themselves as single? Yeah. Like, I know that sounds really weird, but like when they announce the singles events, I'm wondering if they see themselves as single or if they feel like it's a matchmaking game yeah. and it makes them uncomfortable. Right. So you'll get to hear more about that next week in yeah. that interview. So. I'm, ex- I'm excited to hear more about that. Yes. Yeah. So welcome to week one of the relationships series. I have to say that being single most of my life, because my first date was with my current boyfriend and being single most of my life was a blessing and this thorn in my side as Mm -hmm. Paul talks about (laughs) and when I say blessing the things that I've been able to accomplish not to say you can do that in relationship and and when I say singleness I mean not in a relationship at all yeah as well as being unmarried Uh, but the things I've been able to do not being mindful or having the need to be mindful of other people the places that I've traveled and just even the things that I've been able to do within ministry has been pretty cool. Yeah. And not to say, like, I don't want to say that if you are in a relationship or that if you're married, you can't have these experiences, but it certainly makes you question if an opportunity came to you right now, would you be able to do it? And a lot of times it would just limit your options if somebody's saying, oh no, I don't want to move to Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to move to the mission field of Africa. Yeah. Um, even though that's where you're being called to. But hopefully you're marrying someone um, that is equally yoked or that you're in a relationship with someone who is a, a believer. And if that's what God is calling you to, they would have no choice but to trust it and you. But as someone who is single, not in a relationship or not married, you have certain freedoms. And I think that's what Paul talks about whenever he's yeah. referring to Uh, singleness but I also feel that you mentioned it earlier Jewel but I also feel that churches do not equip singles well and I know that's a very broad statement but I also stand by it completely based on my own experiences Mm -hmm. when you think about all the ministries that are within churches all of the events that are in churches a lot of them are geared toward families Mm -hmm. and people who are married Mm -hmm. and if you are single it almost feels like you're either an afterthought or they're looking down on you as, oh, you'll get here one day. <laughs> I always feel that no one knows quite what to do with me. Yeah. Um, and it does get worse as I get older. Yes. So um, in my young 20s, right, I'm still kind of somewhere in that college space, right? Young they adult understood ministry. young yeah. adult ministry. They know what happens there. It starts to get a little bit more awkward in the late 20s. After thirty, it's like, huh? You you still you still, you still, still ain't married? You still ain't married? But I don't know what to do with you. And then having friends that are over thirty-five and hearing their experiences as well, having friends that are like forty and heaven forbid single, it's like, 
I really 50s and don't know what to do with never you. married. Exactly, yeah. right? So then there's all the people that have never been married at that age, and I feel like the church really doesn't talk about that. Um, but then once you get older, the likelihood that you run into people who are widowed and divorced, right, um, increases. And people, we don't know what to do with you. We don't talk about it, and it's, which is really unfortunate. Um, and I don't, I don't have the answer to it. I wish I did. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? But I do know this: that as a single person, um, in my early 30s, who wants to get married, I feel like I would benefit from some of the conversations that they have with married people. I agree. That they, for some reason, exclude us out. I of. agree. It's, it's like this. Ex- illicit club yeah that yeah it's only for you know the certain group of people and if you don't if you aren't a part of it you're missing out yeah and a lot of the things that they're sharing in those circles and those conferences and those special events are things that I need to hear as you well, do. especially as someone who desires to get married. Yeah. I know that there are singles out there. There are singles who are in our friend group who really don't have an interest in getting married. They yeah. don't really believe in it for whatever reason, or it's not something that they uh, feel convicted about or even excited about. Or it's not a hope or a dream that they have. Yeah. Um, but we're saying as Jewel and Angela, as hosts of Joy Goggles, who marriage is definitely in our future we're speaking it we're believing it mm-hmm. we know that god this has is called a desire us to, of ours. to marriage yes. it's a desire of ours so we are just awaiting the manifestation of that but yeah. while we wait while we wait and i think when you start talking about waiting there's so many people ears that can perk up because yeah. everyone is waiting for something yeah right ultimately as believers we're all waiting for the day that christ returns for his bride and that's each of us as Everyone's believers waiting. right but while on earth there are things that we're waiting and we're hoping for and wanting to be good stewards of the wait as well yeah but i i, I think what joel and i are just talking about when it comes to the church when it comes to uh spiritual leaders uh, sometimes this is a group that can be looked over. We do really well with the sick, with the broken, with those who feel lost or marginalized. Well, I think we know what they need. I know what the sick, for the most part, need, right? They might need a care provider. They may need meals. They may need, like, there's uh, tangible things that we know that they need. And oh my goodness, we know that they need a word on faith and on hope and healing and all of that stuff, right? I'm not sure if we've really like identified the spiritual components of what a single man or woman might need. Yeah. Which is really, I don't know. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um, and so I find that something to be like really frustrating. And I think part of the downside of being single is at this age is that people don't know what to do with me. Yes. Um, which is part of the reason why I never saw being single as a good thing. Like, I know that you just talked about how, like, it's been the thorn in your side, but it's also been um, the privilege. And that's true because we often talk about, like, oh, my gosh, can you imagine this season of life if you were married? Right. And I'm like, ew, you're right. That mm-hmm. would have been horrible. I would have hated if, you know, I did get my wish and at 25 got married and had kids. And at this moment, I'm not just talking about breast cancer and how it affects myself and my care provider, but how it affects my husband and my children. And I just, I can't imagine. 
and shout out to the warriors who do have to think about that right and navigate those waters i cannot picture it for my life right now yeah or all the traveling we've been able to do and the fact that i can lock up my dog and run away somewhere right like that's, yes <laughs> oh what the beautiful privilege so i definitely recognize the privilege but it, socially i never saw it as a good thing it always felt like it was icky it was icky and it was something that needed to be corrected my biggest pet peeve y'all stop asking women this i don't know if men hear it as much but please stop asking women this why are you single it drives me crazy. Yeah. You I don't aren't married know. yet? Yeah. Why don't you, you want to be married? What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what kind of response I'm supposed to have to that. Am I supposed to tell you I am single because I'm just... I don't know what my response is supposed to be to that. Because here's the thing. I think this is my, my fear. I don't have a reason why I'm single. I'm not single on purpose. Right. I, it's I'm not choosing a lifestyle right now of singleness. Mm -hmm. And so, because when you ask those questions, it immediately makes me think, well, then is there something wrong with me if it's not my choice? Right. Right. Then and what's I, wrong with me? I think I wonder if people who ask that are they looking for some profound answer of you saying, I choose to be single because this is my vocation to the Lord. And for people yeah. who that's their answer, like I am so amazed by you and so grateful that you are choosing to dedicate the season of your life completely and fully to God and his vocation in a way that does not allow you to be as consumed with the cares of this world as it relates to singleness. Yeah. Like my... I am so grateful for people like that. And it's something that I aspire to be because there are times I wish I could turn it off. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you understand that. Just times where I... Oh my gosh, the get, desire? Yeah. Heck yeah. I just wish I could just flip it off like a switch and it not turn it on like until it it's time. It seems like it would be easier. Yes. <laughs> it does <laughs> seem like that. I don't know if there's any truth to it, but it seems like it would be easier for me to not desire to get married. Yeah. Like it's one less thing that I have to hope for and fight in faith for. Yes. Wow, that was really deep. I should probably go explore that. But I have felt that, you know? Or maybe that's not even the excuse, right? Like I think sometimes people are looking for, oh, you're single because you decided to focus so much on your career. Yeah. Or you're single because you just, you like, you're a homebody. You like to stay in the house. You don't really get out. And, and meet people, right? They're, we're searching for some reason as to why I'm single. I am telling you that there's not one. And I need that to be okay with society. I need it to be okay that I'm just single or that, I mean, is there a possibility that people just don't see me? Say more to that. Well. I feel like that's the other option, right? Like maybe I'm single because men tend to just not, uh, I, here we go. I'm going to be really transparent. I think that is the fear. And part of the pet peeve with the question is that I am single because I am unseen. I am invisible 
to the public for some reason, and I do not know why. I'm not trying to be single. Um, if somebody were to approach me in decency and order, right, and want to make conversation, I am so welcome to that. Um, I'm so welcome to someone saying, hey, I would, I would love to, you know, just go out to coffee and get to know you. I'm open to that, yes. you know? So if that's not something that's happening, my fear is that it's not happening because of me. And I think when people ask that question, it forces me to go in my head and say, then what's wrong with me? Does that make any sense? Yes. Why am I not seen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by the opposite sex? What is that about? But if I can take you to a different level of transparency, you feel that in general. Yeah, this is true. You feel that in general. But this I think true. even more so when it comes to romantic relationships, especially when you see how other people in your life and in your circle, they don't, they, that's not their struggle. They're seen yeah. by everybody. And, you know, I'm sure that that person would say, yes, but I struggle with this. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, I, it just didn't seem like an issue for many people. Yes. I don't know if anyone else has ever thought that, that there are certain aspects of your life that seemed like it was always a struggle. And for other people, it appeared to be so very natural. I feel like... Um, relationships are one of those things i feel like we tell our children that oh one day when you get married right one day when you start dating like it's kind of a known thing i think when you have children that's your assumption yeah your assumption is that your kids are gonna start having interests and in, you know the opposite sex and they're gonna start dating one day in high school and you, you're already mourning homecoming dates and, and prom and you're already thinking about that and into marriage. Like we've already made that assumption that it's something so natural. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it is, but that's then something I have to wrestle with. If it is something that's so natural, there must be a reason why I'm not included in that number yet. Right? Like it, well, it's natural in man's eyes. This is something that society puts on us. They yeah, they put good. it on put it on us for centuries. Yeah, you, you think about even back to the the fifties and sixties with Leave It to Beaver and um, the Brady Bunch and all those other shows that it was all centered around family and a family unit. Yeah, but how many people that wasn't their story? You think yeah. about even for us the Huxtables on the Cosby Show. Um, you think about uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, all of these references of what a a complete family unit looks like. But that yeah. wasn't my story. I was raised by a single mother. I didn't have close relationships with my siblings like they did on Seventh Heaven. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always <laughs> yeah. watched those shows, Sister, Sister. I watched all those shows longing and wishing that could be my story. Hmm. And while God is redeeming relationships, unlikely relationships, yours and I's com um, included, it's yeah. still different from what I desired and hoped. Yeah, and, what you envisioned. And what I pray one day my family can emulate, the one that I have with my husband and the family that we build together. Yeah. But it, it's just a reminder, and I think singleness and the, the disposition people have toward singleness is a sign of the brokenness in this world. Hmm. I'm okay. not saying yeah. singleness itself is something that is broken, 
but our perspective on it is is broken is broken because god created us for relationships he he created the very first of resemblance of himself through a married couple right Mm. but all throughout history we've seen singleness people who died single we know people in our family who never got married some by choice Mm -hmm. some just chose to live a single life or unmarried life but they still had relationships Mm -hmm. while there were other people who truly longed to be married and it never came and to say that their life was not fulfilled and their it's life had fair. no purpose. It's not okay. If they didn't have children or if they yeah. didn't have marriage, it's yeah. not fair. And does not reflect the goodness of God. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And for singles, I feel like it can be that battle to remind yourself that you are worth just as much. You know? Um, I think I read something that said... Single women who are aunts are like the happiest people. <laughs> and I was like, I absolutely love that. Like, it makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm not going to say there's no perks to the singleness thing, right? Like, I can play with my nieces and nephews and love on them. And um, I can even continue to adopt more children. I, One of my uh, good friends, I met her, her daughter uh, over this past weekend. And I literally looked at her daughter and was like... <laughs> You're my new friend. <laughs> I'm already plotting like the books I want to buy her. She's just a sweetheart. She's a middle schooler. And so the the ability to be able to do that, right? And I don't have to, you know, be around her when she cuts up. I'm not responsible to raise her, <laughs> right? And make her a good citizen like her mother is. I'm not responsible to feed her. I'm just I'm just hey, Auntie Jewel wants to give you a book. Give you some love and some snuggles. Send you on your way. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. It is. That is a beautiful thing. So I don't want to, I don't want to act ungrateful. Yeah, for sure. I understand that without a doubt. One of the things that it makes me think about is how for a while I became like the resident expert on singleness and people would come to me and think like, how do you do it? I literally laughed the first time that I heard that question. And it was almost as if I was some expert on, you know, fitness fitness tips or marketing, um, you know, strategies. (laughs) But they're like, tell me more. Like, imagine a reporter in front of you with a microphone. Tell me more. How are you able to stay single in this modern day society? (laughs) And I'm like, by waking up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just my life. Uh, it's not anything so that I plan. Funny. I don't think anyone, at least uh, for the most part, most part, I don't think that people wake up and say, "You know what? Today's a good day to be single." And if that <laughs> is, if that is how you wake up, then there's different issues you need to take to God in prayer. <laughs> if you're, or maybe they've been pre-plotting their singleness yes. that needs to happen, yes. right? Like today's the day I'm dumping him. Yes. He's exactly. got to go. He's got to go. Or she's got to go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It is. It is. Well, for those who are, like, never single, because I know those people, too, where it's like, you always have someone. Mm-hmm. It's probably a really hard thing to imagine. Yeah. A fear of being alone is yeah. typically the root for that one. If you always feel the need for someone to be there, you don't do well alone or... You, I think that mainly points to this idea of you don't like yourself, right? Now, this is going back to this idea 
of me again, as we mentioned in the earlier part of the segment, where someone who is fearful of themselves, fearful of what they'll find, if they start mm-hmm. digging around in themselves, fearful of the hurt that they're going to have to reface, uh, the brokenness, the trauma that they may have to reface because of brokenness in previous relationships. Yeah. And I know it's scary and I know it's not anything pretty. Singleness or marriage or dating, none of it is pretty. Because anytime you're dealing with yourself first and another human who has their own stuff, you're talking about it could be the most messy, uncomfortable, most infuriating, just depending on whether or not the person is truly ready to do the work. Yeah. Um, But no one talks about that side of preparing to get married by mm-hmm. the way no one mm-hmm. really mentions that yeah it's another true. thing hidden probably at the marriage conference we just don't know about yeah <laughs> i've always said i and you know i think god has given me a heart for singleness um and yeah. allowed me to walk it out for so long because it's something i'm gonna use to propel um my ministry as god continues to unveil what all of that looks like but i've always wanted to have a dual conference where it is singles and married together in the same room, but still have opportunities for them to break off in separate groups. But I think that there are married couples who've been in the game for 40 plus years, have things that they need to impart into the singles, but then the singles need something, uh, have things that they need to give away as Mm -hmm. well. Because Mm -hmm. how often are we guilty of getting caught up in the world that we live in and our reality and the mundane and the mediocre but just to be reminded, especially when you see that hungry, um, excited, on fire for mm. God, single who is fresh off their youth retreat <laughs> or conference that Let's they came go, from. Let's go, guys. Go, Jesus. Yes, exactly. Ah. There is something about them, that fuel and that fire that they have that needs to be just passed off onto the older generation mm-hmm. so that they can be emboldened even where they are yeah. to carry out the things that God has for them. I feel like I have and we have together a message for, you know, married people as well, mm-hmm. just because of the stage of life that we're in and what God has done with this relationship. And I'm sure there's married people rolling their eyes right now listening to me say that because like how could I possibly know <laughs> right this single over here who's never been married but I can't deny that he's been teaching us um, about relationships in such a way that parallels um, marriage yeah and I can't deny that I'm gonna go into marriage with some of the lessons that I have learned Absolutely. because of you, Absolutely. right? So it's not to say that, you know, um, singles don't have anything to say. We do. We out here, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and we would appreciate if y'all listen too. Yes. And I would appreciate it if you would open up your mouth and give me the real. It's kind of like when your friend has a baby, when they're pregnant or they just gave birth and you're like, no, for real, I want the real, real. Yes. Tell me what this was like. Yes. Don't give me the sugar-coated stuff. Oh, God, such a blessing. I'm yeah. so, well, I, I'm just humble that I could be a vessel in order to I've bring forth life. I've anything so much in my life. It's just like, this baby is perfection. And I'm like, uh-huh, I understand all of that. I yeah. thank you for this wonderful tribute. Yeah, now yeah, tell yeah. me the real nitty-gritty. <laughs> the or, 
real, real. Or even people who I've had the privilege of being in the room as they're giving birth. Yeah. You saw it when the mom almost didn't make it. You saw it when the baby was breached and the umbilical cord around mm-hmm. their neck. You saw it when their high, their blood pressure flew through through the roof. Yeah. You saw it when they had to question. I'll never forget. Uh, this was years ago. Um, I had a work study opportunity with the OBGYN for a while. I was considering being. Um, a gynecologist or OBGYN. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, I know. It was long, short season. Because <laughs> what I was uh, shadowing this OBGYN and her, um, and her nurse. And a mother went into unexpected labor. Everything that could go wrong, I felt went wrong. And it was a choice, the mom or the baby. Oh, my And gosh. she chose the baby. And the mom didn't make it. And the mom passed away? Yeah. And I was like, no. And you witnessed no. this. Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was 17, 18. Oh yeah, my gosh. My That's like high school. Kind I had to of be traumatizing. 18. Yeah, it was right before graduation, so I had to be 18. And at that point, I think they forgot I was in the room because I probably sure, shouldn't have yeah. been in there. <laughs> but I was like back in the corner. I wasn't witnessing um, from the front end everything that was happening, but the tension that was in the room, um, you could feel it. Like at one point, you could have heard a piece of hair fall on the floor because uh, you knew that something was happening in that moment. And it was then that I was like, no, this is not for me. <laughs> and, um, you know, my heart, my heart hurt, hurt it for that family. Yeah. Because how do you look at that baby and not also think of the sacrifice that went with it? Yeah. Right. I look at you and I see the beautiful gift that you are, but yeah. also you represent the death of, my wife, the person who I pledge forever with. You know, what's amazing is that not how we should be looking at everyone through the lens of Christ. Like he, that's how he looks at us. Like daily, we were his sacrifice. Yep. Daily, yep. those women are being reminded or that the husband being reminded of his wife's sacrifice. And yep. that's how we are with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thinking about the pain that, we caused him. We caused him such the anguish. Pain. He he bled, sweat blood. He sweated blood. Like I, <laughs> I can't. I don't even fathom. understand what that means. Yeah, Do you no know one, what I mean? no one understands that. Yes, we've all experienced extreme stress to the point that we had migraines or that we were sick to our stomach, but we sweat never blood. sweated blood. Oh my god! And so to feel the enormity of the weight of that sin. of sin past, present, and future upon you. And when he looks at us, he sees the blood of his son because that's how he has to look at us in order to tolerate us. <laughs> Bruh. Yes, he loves us, but also, you know, we have to acknowledge that yeah. even as Christians, as people who love God and who are forever grateful for who he is, for all that he's done for us and is continuing to do for us, but you have to be real. We are flawed. We are imperfect. We're inconsistent. And so he looks at us through the eyes of his son and the bloodshed of his son. And it's something that I am forever grateful about. And Mm. I just know that whenever I have the opportunity to be married, and we continue to go back to marriage again because that's something we attain, but not to say that we arrive. I acknowledge that there will be a whole other set of challenges that will come through marriage. Now I'm stuck with this person. 
<laughs> now I have the privilege of doing a living life with the same person for the rest of our years or before Christ returns. Oh, that sounds I, like another episode. Right? No? <laughs> I acknowledge that. So in no yeah, way am yeah. I saying that marriage equals you've arrived. Congratulations. You can rest on your laurels. I know that. I'm sure every married person that we would talk to would know that's when the real work begins. That's yeah. when you get to truly live out scripture. Um, because when you think about the purpose of marriage in general, this idea is a, is a canvas mm-hmm. for God to truly display his glory and for you guys to experience daily what unconditional, sacrificial love looks like. How deep is just that? I've never in all my 33 years have heard about the purpose of marriage. Like I never thought that I would look at my husband and go, let's see, what is the purpose of our union? Mm-hmm. Not why did I marry you, Yeah. but what is the purpose of me marrying you? From a spiritual context. Thanks. Yeah, from a yeah. spiritual concept. The purpose of marriage? That's like a really deep thing. Mm-hmm. Like we, it's easy to be like, oh, I just, we want to express our love to everyone we know in the world through this ceremony and living together. We want to be a witness to each other's life. I mean, we can think of all the beautiful things that are real. Yes. They're real. I'm not, I don't, I'm not knocking them down because I want to say all those things and it be true. But at the but end though, of the eat every, day, all of those things you say will be tested. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like your vows are tested daily, I'm sure. Hourly. Hourly. <laughs> depending on the season. <laughs> depending on the season and the more dynamics you add to it, right? Mm. Uh, the things that we say, the little cute, cliche things that we say, and I love you forever. Yeah, how many I love you forevers were said before divorce papers were signed? Oh, it hurts my tummy. You know? And, you know, I think that's why so many people are afraid of the concept of marriage is because there's a chance that it doesn't work. It's deep. It is deep. And I'm excited for us to um, have the conversation with our really good friend who's living um, as a single person after being divorced and just hearing her ideas around that very topic. And all of these are going to be from the perspective of millennials. So these are 20s and 30-somethings that are having this conversation, which I know that the conversation will be even more dynamic and and complex if we were to involve different age groups. But mm-hmm. we really just wanted to focus it from people our age who are at completely different walks of life, but in many ways having the same types of conversations. So I'm really yeah. excited for you guys to continue to tune in. We could continue this conversation for literally hours. Hours we could sit here. But we won't subject you to that. (laughs) We love you too much. I really do want to know, do you agree? Do you have the same issues? Do you attend a church who does love and support singleness, single people well? If so, tell us about it. We would love to hear about it. Yeah, what are y'all doing? Yeah, definitely. And I also wanted to uh, just share a couple of resources with you guys, just in case you are single and you have those same questions that we do or the same issues that we do just with people knowing what to do with us, but also sometimes <laughs> looking in the mirror and knowing what to do with ourselves Man, as we walk this life. Um, yeah. One of the books that I want to suggest to you is The Misinterpreted Gospel of Singleness. It's hmm. a cultural critique of myths surrounding singleness in the Christian community by Christy Adams. So again, that is The Misinterpreted Gospel of Singleness. 
definitely one you should check out. And the other one that I've read not too long ago is Sacred Singleness. It's the Set Apart Girl's Guide to Purpose and Fulfillment. And what I love about both of these books is that it really puts the focus back on the gospel. Anything Mm -hmm. that puts it back on gospel and about God and about our identity that lies ultimately in him, I'm all for it. Because then we can have right perspective first just in the dynamic of our day-to-day interaction with the one true God so that we can align our thoughts with him instead of with what Mm -hmm. society's version of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it also can prepare us for when, if we are praying and believing for a mate, when that person shows up, we are in a better place for it. And we can be in position to be that all that God needs us to be for that individual. Anytime as well. we are discussing life issues, we want to make sure that we are building on the foundation of the gospel, that you're building on the foundation of the Lord, um, that you recognize that He is in everything, even something like relationships. Because I know sometimes we uh, get freaked out about asking or uh, coming to God with certain topics, um, but they're all his topics because he made us. All of this is his. So um, I don't know. I just wanted to encourage you. Make him the foundation, even of the things that feel uncomfortable. Um, challenge this week, y'all. So I want to challenge you this week to do some self-identification. I want you to identify, number one, where you are on this crazy spectrum. Are you single? Are you single divorced, single married, single in terms of the church, or just single in front of, you know, the world? Where are you? And I then want you to think about if you are building your singleness or your relationship on the foundation of Christ. Where is your foundation for whatever type of relationship you are in right now? That's good. I appreciate this conversation, Jewel. I know this is um, just depending on the day, not always a fun conversation to have. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. Jewel and I have even had some um, toe-to-toe moments when it came to singleness because of where I am in my relationship because I'm in a committed relationship with someone who I love so much. And, but there are times where I say, I know exactly how you feel, but she would say I wouldn't because at least I have someone. Mm-hmm. And, but she has the, a promise. I have a promise, but I would say so, so does Jewel. Jewel has a promise because of her relationship with God. Cause at any point, he or I could say, you know what? We tried it. It didn't work out. And we can go our separate ways. That's with anyone, right? Yeah. So I have a hope with Chris, but I have a promise with God. And God told me that I would be married. And that is what I'm standing on. And I'm excited for what that looks like. Yeah. And when that day comes, oh, what a beautiful day it will be. The heavens will literally part. I believe that doves and angels and butterflies, everyone is going to come down to witness this thing. Yeah. Because it's going to be iconic. I'm going to be on a whole shout. Yeah. 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 Not a half a shout. A whole one. (laughs) (laughs) About to be laid out somewhere. Yeah. It's true. Same for you. 
No lie. I know. I might miss my own service. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We love you anyway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Dear Lord, we are just so grateful for an opportunity to just have a platform in order to give you the praise, glory, and honor, which you are most certainly due. I pray that as listeners consider... Um, either a time that they were single or if they currently walking out singleness right now, God, that you would just minister to their hearts, especially to those who are lonely, who feel unseen, who don't feel loved, who long for something that is yet to be manifested. I pray that you are surrounding them with comfort and reminding them of who you've created them to be. And while they wait, may they give you all the glory and honor, which you are most certainly do. I pray that you would just be glorified in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. You've survived another episode of Joy Goggles with your favorite sisters, Jewel and Anjale. We're always so delighted that you choose to spend even a portion of your day with us. If there was something that inspired you or made you laugh, share it with someone else. Follow us on social media to continue the conversation. Our Instagram handle is Joy Goggle Podcast. And until next time, find a way to spread joy. Be blessed.